joining us for our word of the day. This morning as we continue through the Bible, we're going to look at 1 Kings chapter number 8. This chapter is a, a monumental moment in the history of the nation of Israel. Solomon has been king for a while now, and he has spent a great deal of time and effort and money building the temple of God in the center of Jerusalem. Now, up until this point, the, the worship place of Israel was the tabernacle. It was the, the tent that God gave the plans to Moses on Mount Sinai, and Israel had built this tent, and this is where the presence of God resided in Israel. It was where the, the Ark of the Covenant was, where the mercy seat was, where the Levites offered sacrifices, where people would go for the Day of Atonement, and this was where the presence of God resided with Israel, but it resided outside the city of Jerusalem. And David, when he was king, he wanted to build a temple to God, but God told him he couldn't because his hands were too bloody. So he spent the rest of his kingdom, uh, time as king, gathering together the materials. And when he died, Solomon took up the, the role, and he has completed the temple of God. So now, the presence of God has a permanent home. It has a place where God will reside right in the center of Jerusalem for all the people to see and all the people to worship God. And it's just this wonderful, grand, magnificent building. It's where the altar will be. It's where the ark will be. It's where the, the mercy seat will be. It's where all the worship will happen. And it's a tremendous time in the history of the nation of Israel. God now has a permanent home that people can go to and worship him and praise him and see his glory on display. And so Solomon offers a, a sermon to dedicate the temple, and then he offers a prayer. But look what he prays in verse number 42, uh, 41. He says, Moreover, concerning a stranger. Now, a stranger is a foreigner, a Gentile, someone who is not an Israelite. Now, moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of thy people, Israel, but cometh out of a far country for thy name's sake, for they shall hear of thy great name, and of thy strong hand, and of thy stretched out arm, when he shall come and pray toward this house. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for, that all people of the earth may know thy name, to fear thee, as do thy people Israel, and that they may know that this house, which I have builded, is called by thy name. So in Solomon's prayer to dedicate the temple, he, he makes a point to pray to God, and he's praying this to all the people to hear, and telling them and, and saying, God, God, don't let this just be a temple for your people or a place for your people to worship you, but God, gather all the people of the earth together that they the whole world can see your glory. The whole world can pray to you. The whole world can know how gracious and merciful and wonderful you are. And this is a huge step in the, the history of the nation of Israel. Up until this point in the tabernacle, there was no place for the Gentiles to worship God. Many, Some Gentiles did get saved. Rahab the harlot. We think of Ruth. Uh, we think of, throughout the Bible there are some Gentiles who are named who uh, were brought into the family of, of God, the, the nation of Israel. But this is this is Solomon saying, hey, this is open up to the entire world. In, in the temple, there is a dedicated section for Gentiles. It was the, the court of Gentiles. And it was just an open courtyard 
where Gentiles could come to the temple. They, of course, wouldn't be allowed in the, the, the temp, main temple. But, I mean, even in the temple, only the Levites were allowed in the holy place. And the, the most holy place was the high priest. And so it was very limited to, to most people anyway. But they couldn't even go into the temple courtyard. But there was a court of the Gentiles they could go to. They could offer sacrifices to God. They could pray to God. They could worship God. And Solomon is saying, God, open up your glory to all the world. Help us. And here's what he's praying. Help us be a light to the world that draws all men to you. What we see here is a heart for missions. A heart for God's word to go to the whole world. You know, sometimes we, we, we think of missions, we think it's just a New Testament thing. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, you know, go into all the world and and preach the gospel, baptize them in the name of the, of the Father, and let them know everything you've learned. We think about one, you know, Acts 1.8, you'll receive power, then you shall be witnesses to me to all the earth. But missions is the heartbeat of God throughout the entire Bible. God, yes, God has had chosen Israel to be his, his special people, but he wasn't excluding all the other nations. He was using Israel to show his power, to show his glory, to the rest of the nations so that they would come to know him as their father as well. It wasn't a, a select people. God says, I'm only going to love them. I'm only going to take care of them. Everyone else I don't care about. They can go to hell, literally. But that's not what God's doing. God is saying, I'm going to use this people to show my love for the entire world, to show my, my protection, to show my glory that all the world may come to know me as their father. And that's what God wants from the church today. Missions is not something just for a select few of people who decide to go to a foreign land and preach the gospel. It's not just for, you know, a little bit of our tithe check to go there. It is the heartbeat of God and the mission of the church. Missions is the mission of the church. And again, when we think of missions, we think foreign missions over there. But remember, in, in Jerusalem, the, the foreigners who were coming, most of them were going to be in Jerusalem, and they were going to come from further lands to Jerusalem. But in, in Acts, he says, you're going to be witnesses to me first in Jerusalem, where you live. Your neighborhood is a mission field. Your city is a mission field. Your family is a mission field. God has placed you where he's placed you, to use you to show His glory to those who are lost and without hope that they may accept Him as their Savior and be adopted into the family of God. And it's not just, oh, foreign missions. It's how can God use me to shine a light into the darkness? That should be the heartbeat of every believer. Yes, I should give to foreign missions so that other people can go, but that doesn't exclude me from walking across the street to my neighbor or witnessing in my neighborhood, or sharing the gospel wherever I go. That is God's mission for me. That is God's mission for you. That is God's mission for every child of God. Thanks so much for joining us for our Word of the Day. Be sure to be back here tomorrow as we continue through Scripture. Have a blessed day.